The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. To fear or not to fear, that is the question. What about the biblical meaning or meanings of fear? When should we be afraid and when should we not be afraid? What is the fear of the Lord? These are some of the things we'll be thinking about today on Grace in Focus. Thank you for joining us in this episode of the radio broadcast and podcast ministry of the Grace Evangelical Society. You can learn more about the Grace Evangelical Society at our website, faithalone.org. Give us a visit at faithalone.org. Now here with today's question and answer discussion are Bob Wilkin and David Renfro. David, I think you got a question from, what is it, Jeff? A guy named Jeff. To summarize his fairly long email, you can summarize it, to fear or not to fear. Was this Shakespeare? Well, I don't know. I don't think he's that old, but <laughs> he says, my question, why does scripture repeatedly tell us to not fear, but tells us to fear in other places? Examples are John fourteen twenty seven. let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And do not worry three times in Matthew six. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. First John four. And then the scriptures like with fear and trembling, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God, Hebrews 10. My assumption would be that these seemingly contradictory messages mean don't fear lie for men, but fear God's anger. Is my interpretation correct? I'm not fearing my salvation regarding these verses. I'm just confused about the don't fear. All right. Well, I've got a couple of comments. First of all, this reminds me of an experience I had at Dallas Theological Seminary, our alma mater. I was taking homiletics, the preaching class. After each student would give a little 15-minute sermon, we would then sit around for about 10 minutes and say three things that the person did well and three things they need to work on. Mm -hmm. So after we, this one guy spoke, we said three things he did well. And then one of the students or the professor, I can't remember which, he had spoken on fear not, on one of these fear not passages. And so his point was, we should not be afraid. We should have no fear. We should go through life boldly with no fear. Mm -hmm. And so whoever commented said, on the correction side, it seems to me that we should have anticipated all of the places in Scripture that talk about fear mm -hmm. and that talk about the fact that we should be afraid and all of the situations in life where we're afraid. You know, if someone holds a gun to our spouse's head, we're going to be afraid. Sure. If we get the report of cancer, we're going to be afraid. So the students and the prof all said, I think, when you give a sermon, you need to anticipate objections, specifically when you say something like, don't be afraid, and you don't comment on the fact there are other verses in Scripture that say that you should be afraid. Right. So I really love what Jeff's doing here, and I think he's right on the money. Now, I went to gotquestions.org, and they have an article that says, what does the Bible mean when it tells us to fear not? And they said it means that we are not to allow anxiety or fretfulness to rule our lives or take root in our hearts, we are not to be a people of panic. We are to be people of faith. Okay, I think that's a good point. But it doesn't deny the fact that there are things we're to fear. 
ultimately, the greatest fear is God himself. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of oh, wisdom. What, right. Now, what? by the way, what is, you're an expert in the Old Testament wisdom literature. What does that mean, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom? Is that like we're terrified before the Lord and we're scared? He's, well, what does that mean? The word fear is the English translation of that Hebrew word. And in many, many places, it doesn't mean be scared, you know, or have a sense of dread. Right. You know, what it means is, the way I say it is reverential awe. A-W-E. A-W-E. Yeah. Psalm 139, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. That tells me that the Lord, you know, the way we are created, even our physical creation, we should be in awe of how he did that. I'm wonderfully and fearfully created. It's an amazing statement. And then to say the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, it's essentially reverential awe for Yahweh, the Old Testament God. That's the basis. You want to be wise? You got to start there, and then you move on from there. But it's the foundation, the fear of the Lord, that reverential awe that you're just blown away by who he is. And a, a verse like Psalm 19:1, the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. Mm-hmm. When we see the creation, that itself should inspire awe. Absolutely. And fear of the Lord. The Grace Evangelical Society has recently started an online seminary, and we're preparing to start our second semester in February. You can study with some of the finest Free Grace professors and earn an MDiv degree in three years. There is no tuition if you maintain a 3.0 grade point average. It's time now for application and registration. Study the Bible, the biblical languages, and Free Grace theology with us. Find out more at faithalone.org slash seminary or gesseminary.org. I heard Dr. Ryrie one time, and the title of the sermon was Learning in the Lord's Presence. Mm. And he made the statement, and I thought this was really cool. He says, in the Bible, when somebody's in the Lord's presence, what happens to them? They plop down on the ground, you know, they face first. So everybody responds the same way. And Ryrie's point was, what do they learn? That's the point of the sermon. And so he mentions Joshua, you know, when the person standing at the tent was obviously the pre-incarnate Christ. Right. Of course, Joshua plopped down there on the ground. But what did he learn? When you plop down on the ground, I think you are overcome with reverential awe of who is standing before you. It's not like, <gasps> no. I'm about to die. In fact, this plopping before the Lord is sometimes called worship. Yeah, it's fascinating. I think, if I'm not mistaken, that both the Greek and the Hebrew words for worship literally mean to bow down. Yeah, prostrate yourself or to fall down. In the book of Revelation, which I know you love the book of Revelation, Uh John is before an angelic being, which he mistakes as God, and he falls down before him and he says, don't worship me, worship God, worship only God. Well, he was falling down. That's worship. Mm -hmm. And there are lots of examples in the Old Testament. They weren't to bow the knee before an idol because that was worshiping the idol. Right. When people would fall down before the Lord, it was an expression of godly fear and worship. It's also, I think, to kind of expand on that, it's an acknowledgement of who he is, that he is the overwhelming creator 
of the universe. He's the sovereign one over his whole creation, including you. Yeah. <laughs> that can bring you to your knees. That's for sure. Amen. Now, I did a little concordance study. I, these are just a few verses. I just picked out four of them that I thought from Paul's epistles that clearly show that fear is a part of the Christian life. For example, Paul says to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 2, 3, I was with you in weakness and in fear. Mm -hmm. He was with them in fear. What was he afraid of? He doesn't tell us there, but he experienced fear, and probably it was fear from the persecution he had received before he came to Corinth, that he might not be able to stay there. Now, he was able to spend 18 months in Corinth ministering there, but his time in Thessalonica was very brief, just a matter of a couple of weeks because of a mob that came after him. And, of course, on his first missionary journey, he was stoned probably to the point of death in the region of Galatia, mm -hmm. and then the Lord brought him back to life. So probably his fear was his fear he would not be able to continue to minister in Corinth. In 2 Corinthians twelve twenty, Paul spoke about his fear lest the uh, believers in Corinth might not continue the faith. Could you read that for us? 2 Corinthians twelve twenty says, For I fear lest when I come I shall not find you such as I wish and that I shall be found by you such as you do not wish, lest there be contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, backbitings, whisperings, conceits, tumults. So he had fear that the people he was discipling may not respond properly to his previous letters. I think it's important to recognize that's an appropriate response. Here's another one, Ephesians 6 and verse 5. I've got it here. All right. It says, Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart as to Christ. So they're to be obedient to their masters in fear and trembling. Well, why? Well, partly it's probably because they recognize ultimately Jesus is their master and he's going to hold them account on how they responded to their earthly master, right? Yeah. But part of it's also because the earthly master could bring about judgment here and now. I think there's a little bit of, there's an example of this too in the current day. You work for a company, you have a boss, a manager, there's times when you don't want to be around that manager. Why? Because in a way, they have your future in their hands. They could say, we no longer want you here. And even the presence of a manager or a supervisor could cause fear simply because they have a certain amount of control over your life. Now, here's one more. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 20, starting in 19. Do not receive an accusation against an elder except from two or three witnesses. Those who are sinning rebuke in the presence of all that the rest may also fear. I remember I heard Chuck Swindoll. I was there at his church, and I happened to be there one Sunday when he was announcing that his minister of worship had had an affair mm -hmm. with Insight for Living's number one executive assistant, mm -hmm. and he was grieving it. And he used this verse to say, I'm announcing this publicly that we all may fear. 
If you look at the commentaries, many people think that all may fear refers to all the elders. Based on the context, yeah. Previous verse, don't receive an accusation against an elder except with two or three witnesses. Then that all the elders may fear. Mm -hmm. So elders should fear falling away from the Lord, not only because of negative consequences in this life and the judgment seat of Christ, but also because they're going to undergo church discipline. Right. So there's a lot of clear teaching in Scripture there is fear. By the way, he did mention Philippians 2.12, but what that's talking about is not salvation from hell. That's talking about salvation from persecution. Because Paul said earlier in the book, I know that through your prayers and the work of the Spirit, this will work out for my salvation, mm-hmm. my soteria. He was in prison. This is one of the prison epistles. And basically what he was saying is if he handles the persecution well, he'll receive praise at the judgment seat of Christ. Mm -hmm. Well, if they handle persecution well, they'll have praise at the judgment seat of Christ. Right. Well, thanks so much, Jeff. Great question about, what did you call it? To fear? To fear or not Not to to fear. fear. That That is is the the question. question. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks so much. And remember, keep grace Grace in in focus. focus. Be our guest and subscribe to our 48-page magazine, six issues per year, also called Grace in Focus. It's free by emailing your name and snail mail address to ges at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. Maybe you've got a question or comment or feedback. If so, please send us a message. Here's our email address. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. And when you do, please make sure your question is as succinct and clear as possible. That would be a great big help. On the next episode, Is God's Grace Ever Deserved? Please join us. And until then, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.